Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. God is watching us and He is our heavenly boss. We're to live our lives so that we're living as unto Him. He sees, He knows, He hears. Nothing hidden from Him. Paul says the disciplined walk includes a life of obedience, obeying God. And especially obeying God in the way we act with one another in the church of Jesus Christ. Salvation is God's free gift, but it will cost you everything. In today's message, Pastor Ed points out that once you accept Christ as your Savior, you call Him Lord. You've agreed to surrender everything you have and everything you are to Him. God calls us to commit ourselves to a life of service, to serve Him and to be willing to sacrifice our needs, wants, and comforts for Him. Listen in to be encouraged that living a sacrificial life means it's not about us, it's about Him. And it's not about doing our will, it's about doing His. Now here's Pastor Ed in the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 with part one of his message entitled, A Disciplined Walk. Paul the Apostle was no stranger to trials, to difficulties, but he overcame them and he profited through them. He recognized that the stresses of life could set people at one another. The pressures, the stresses, the anxieties crowd in And people become short-tempered and frustrated and easily angered. In the book of Philippians, the second chapter, he could sense something happening in the spiritual realm at the church at Philippi. He was concerned about conflict, about problems within that would cause division. And so he began to address that and told them how they were to act and interact with one another. And then he gives an incredible illustration of Jesus Christ, his leaving heaven, coming down to earth in the form of a slave and the death on the cross and how God gave him a name that's above every name. He exalted him after Christ humbled himself. And he's telling Christians, this is the way you are to live your life. Follow Christ's example. Walk in humility. We're going to stand together and turn in our Bibles to the second chapter of the book of Philippians. Verse number 12. We'll start to read with verse number 12. Therefore, my dear friends... As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in the crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe 
as you hold out the word of life. In order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. What a powerful word of instruction on how to live out the wonderful gift of salvation that God has given us. It has been said, salvation is a free gift, but it will cost you everything. Now, you can't work for your salvation. You can't earn it. You can't purchase it. It's God's free gift. But once you accept Christ, you call him Lord. And that means you surrender everything you have and everything you are. It's a complete surrender. The Lordship of Christ in your life means that you're going to take very seriously the gift he gave you of salvation. I want you to see that what Paul is saying in here is the walk that we walk is a disciplined walk. Some people just think that salvation comes and they'll sit back and take things easy. No, no, no. It's a disciplined walk. In verse 16, hold fast the word of life. That's the proclamation of the word. So I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. What Paul the Apostle is saying at this moment is he's looking back at the church at Philippi. He says, I don't want to look back and see that you've fallen away, that you haven't continued in the faith, and that my labor among you would be a labor that was in vain. So he encourages, he charges them. He says, hold fast to that word of life. It's a disciplined walk. The Christian life is one of obedience. It's a life of obedience. In verse 12, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. He's speaking to the church as a community. He's speaking to those at Philippi and saying, as you've obeyed, it's a community charge as well as an individual charge. But he's saying, as a church, you need to obey God. Listen to God. Obedience is the hallmark of the Christian life. Oftentimes, we want to deal with things in our own way. We take sometimes dysfunctional patterns from our family of origin and try and deal with others with those dysfunctional tools that we have somehow become so accustomed to using. Uh, counselors call it triangling. When in a family, let's say the father and the son sort of align in this agreement to fight against the mother or to side against the mother or one of the other children or the mother and the son or the mother and daughter. And it's dysfunctional. Instead of uh, 
dealing with something head on instead of dealing it in a proper way they wind up forming alliances sometimes people come into the church and they do the same thing instead of dealing with a person head on just saying what they feel or what they think they try and form alliances they do it in the business world they do it in the church world they do it in family life obedience is going back to verses 1 to 4 Remember what Paul says in verses 1 to 4? He tells us in verse 2, Then make my joy complete, be like-minded, having the same love, being one spirit and one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. Consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not only look on your own interest, but also on the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same of that of Christ Jesus. The humility of Christ needs to be the way we deal with one another, the way we live out our Christian life at home or any place. Oftentimes, what we wind up doing in our relationships with people is sometimes we poison the well. And so anybody wants to go and drink at that well. That's poison. I'm not going to drink at that well anymore. We say things that are critical and negative and harmful. And so no one wants to deal with that person. We have to be really careful that how we use our words don't tear down people, but build up people. Don't rip them apart, but help put them together. And so Paul the Apostle When he talks about a life of obedience, he's saying, and he's thinking about the possibilities of conflict coming in the church, he's saying, be very careful how you live as you obeyed. Paul the Apostle was an apostolic presence. I mean, he had a presence about him. He was a great man of faith, a giant of faith. His presence would just put the troops in order. I mean, they would just... He was the general. Paul is saying, even when I'm not there, know how to behave yourself. Even when I'm not there, you should act a certain way. It's like a parent. You tell your children, I'm going to be home at 4 o'clock, and I want your room clean. And five minutes to four, they start, you know. (laughs) Paul is saying, there's a watchful God who is watching over us, our thoughts, our words, our actions, our attitudes. The boss comes by, and there the worker is just sort of taking it easy at his desk. Maybe he's playing on the internet with some, uh, with some game, or maybe he's emailing, or they're on the phone just wasting time. And the boss comes by, and all of a sudden, they sort of hurry and scurry, and And they act real busy, you know. And the boss passes their office and goes down the hallway. And then again, they go into the relaxed mode. Well, God is watching us. And he is our heavenly boss. We're to live our lives so that we're living as unto him. He sees, he knows, he hears. Nothing hidden from him. Paul says the disciplined walk includes a life of obedience, obeying God. And especially obeying God in the way we act with one another in the church of Jesus Christ. 
Then he talks not only about a life of obedience, but about a life of service in verse 17. But I will rejoice if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. We were created in Christ Jesus to serve. You were saved to serve, a life of service. Jesus is our illustration. He gave his life on Calvary. He poured out his life for us. We too are to follow his example. There Paul is in prison. And what is he concerned about? He's concerned about the gospel of Jesus Christ getting out. He's concerned about the message of the gospel being heard. And so he's using that time as he's chained in prison to be a witness for Christ. He sees his life as a life of service. I think if we were to put as much time into our relationship with God that we do in work or in sports or other areas, we would be spiritual giants. God calls us to commit ourselves to a life of service, to serve him, to be willing to sacrifice. It's not about us, it is about him. It's not about doing our will, it's about doing his will. And so a disciplined walk includes a life of obedience, conscious that God sees, God knows, God hears. Conscious that God has called us to give our lives in service for the kingdom of God. Now, he goes on to say that it's really a designated work. The work of salvation includes a disciplined walk, which means a life of obedience, a life of service, but it goes on, a designated work, in verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, Paul is not saying we are to work for our salvation, he's to say that we're to work out our salvation. There's a big difference. We're not to work for our salvation. There's nothing I can do to add to my salvation or subtract from my salvation. It was all done on the cross of Calvary. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid it all. He paid it in full. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared you to do works. He gave you gifts, abilities, talents, desires. He made you to do good works. Now, right here, Paul is talking about our work and God's work in salvation. Our work and God's work. We look at our work. It says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Well, God's doing something on the inside. When you got saved, you weren't immediately completely changed. 
You know, when you got saved, God immediately saw you as perfect. He justified you, just as if you never sinned. But there is the process of sanctification. That means being made holy. That's what Paul is talking about. Work out your own salvation. Uh, We talk about the Great Commission, winning the lost. And we ought to be involved in the Great Commission, winning the lost. But there's also a Great Commission that we go inward to become disciples. We have to disciple our tongue. Disciple our mind. Disciple our affections. Work out your own salvation. We would prefer running to the altar, praying and saying, God, make me holy. That's a good prayer to pray. But make me holy and then get up and go out and expect instantaneously it happens. No, that's not the way it happens. There's a lot of stuff sometimes in our lives that we have to work on. Some people, oh, they just, they're so sensitive. So easy to offend them. Well, that's a part of working out your salvation, not to take offense. Some people are giving to offending people. I mean, anywhere they go, they just offend people. Well, work out your salvation. Be more gentle, be more kind. Some people... They have maybe a struggle with, oh, they hear something about someone and they just have to tell someone else and present a prayer request to them. (laughs) Well, Lord, help me in that area. Pray. Because God wants to change us on the inside. He's saying, work out your own salvation. Be changed. Some people are given to fear instead of trusting the Lord. They become fearful about everything. Uh, God says, Work out your salvation. Uh, It was one writer said, a devotional writer, we Christians may be very disciplined and industrious in our business, our studies, our home, even our ministry, but we tend to be lazy when it comes to exercise in our spiritual lives. We much rather pray, Lord, make me godly, and expect him to pour some godliness into our souls, some mysterious way. God does, in fact, work in a mysterious way to make us godly, but he does not do this apart from the fulfillment of our own personal responsibility. We are to train ourselves to be godly. It takes effort. You have to work on yourself. Now, what good would it do you if you had membership at gym and you didn't go? And you didn't use any of the machines. You didn't exercise. Well, you might have membership there and show that card to everyone. But if you didn't do anything with it, it doesn't matter. In 1 Timothy 4, 7, it says, train yourself to be godly. It takes work. It takes work to get up and to read the word. It takes work to read the scriptures. It takes work to get out to church. I hear people say, well, I don't have enough time. Well, you have time for what you want to do. That's the truth. We always make time for what we want to do. I mean, you do feed your face. You have time for that, right? (laughs) 
I mean, we do spend time in front of the television. We have time for some, our favorite show or our favorite movie. We need to take time to build ourselves up spiritually. We're just not going to walk in the church and all of a sudden, somehow we're zapped. And at 12.30 on Sunday morning, we walk out, you know, just on cloud nine. No, no, no. It starts here. Things happen here. God begins to speak to us and deal with us. But it takes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of walking with the Lord, working on your own salvation. Again, imagine if we put the same amount of time in our work or the effort that we do in our work, secular work or in our education, and we would put it into our spiritual life, man, we'd be happy people. (laughs) We'd be a successful people in the Lord. Now, it's our work. God gives us a responsibility. He tells us to work out our own salvation. And then he qualifies it and says, do it with fear and trembling. That's recognizing that God's presence is right there. He is working in the church. He is working in our lives individually. He has divine appointments for us. He's arranging the circumstances of our life. Uh, And you see those things as you go through life, how God sort of orchestrates events and all sorts of things in your life. And it's God working in your behalf. And as God is working in your behalf, you walk and say, Lord, I want to reverence you. I want to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. You have given the very best gift possible, the gift of your son to me. You put so much time and effort into my life. Now, it is not only our work, that's one aspect of it, but the text tells us God's work in verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. That word, God who works in you, is the idea of energizing you. God sets the fire in your heart. Before I was saved, if you would have come and given me a nice Bible with all sorts of steady helps, I would have said, I'm not interested in this. If you would have come to me and said, listen, would you come to church with me? I don't have time for that. How about let's go into a prayer meeting? Prayer meeting? I don't think so. But once I got saved, you would have given me that Bible. That's great. I want to read the word. Church, yeah, let's go to church. Go to a prayer meeting. Yeah, that's good. What happened? Salvation came into my life, and all of a sudden my desires changed. God is working in us, putting his desires in us. When you have those good thoughts, thoughts like, you know, I need to go and apologize to so-and-so. Where do you think that came from? When you have those thoughts, I think I need to turn off the television right now and open up the book and spend some time with God. You know, they're having a, a service tonight. Maybe I ought to go to that. It's the Holy Spirit working in you. God's working in you to put his desires, his thoughts in you. Work out your own salvation and it's God that's working in you and so what's happening in you is the spirit of God working in you but God wants you to be responsible so often what we wind up doing 
is we want to live our Christian life by proxy. I'll put an extra $10 in the offering this week. Let the pastor do the visitation. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is a wonderful truth taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6. And as trying times enter into your life, it's important to continually keep this at the forefront of your thoughts. Each day here on Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will be teaching verse by verse through Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith, subscribe to our Twitter feed at VOF Radio 1. Again, to follow the Voice of Faith Twitter feed or to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.